Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is the third episode of our finale series. So that's right. We are talking about the next generation's finale, All Good Things. All Good Things. I made a friendship bracelet for today that says All Good Things because I'm so excited that we're here talking about TNG. Ashlyn, thank you for choosing this finale series. This is like, here we go. You know, like we're really getting into it now. Yes. I also was distracted by your all good things bracelet because uh-huh. it made me think about I'm wearing a bracelet that says KTMS, which is Rihanna and I's inside joke because we used to play Star Trek games and we would mm-hmm. joke that Kirk always says, Kirk to mysterious ship. Um, <laughs> which he so kind of does. Yeah. I was distracted by how different our energies are already. <laughs> Yes. Um, going into this all good things review. But yes, You're like, I, I have this wacky inside joke bracelet. And I'm like, I have a bracelet relevant to the exact episode. <laughs> yeah, like Rihanna's bringing that serious energy today. Um, I love it. But we were just goofing off for like a half an hour. So. <laughs> we we really, we unpacked some things in the pre-show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pre-show was great. Y'all. Like, we're, we're coming in here ready to record. Um <laughs> Yeah, Ashlyn, this is just such a joy getting to talk about the finale series and especially TNG. But before we do any of that, we have to, of course, do our various, you know, 20 minute opening (laughs) (laughs) where we tell you about all the news uh, happening. But again, it's like it's a warm up into the main content. So we're just like slowly easing you in after our pre-show. Yes, this is the the post (laughs) pre-show. Welcome. (laughs) People who are patrons will actually have a chance to listen to the pre-show because we're going to upload it. So that's exciting. (laughs) That was the $1 patron content we've been teasing. So (laughs) there there it is. There it is. (laughs) It's coming out now. Okay. So speaking of patrons, we actually have a new patron to the podcast whose name is Spot. So what a glorious addition. Thank you, Spot, Spot, so much. Spot is joining the House of Moog tier. The glorious House of Moog. So Spot will be able yes. to listen to our Lower Decks reviews, animated series reviews. Rihanna, those Lower Decks Ha-pla. reviews, they we were very strict about keeping these like 30-minute podcasts at under, but we yeah. cannot shut up about Lower Decks. No. And so they've no. been nearing an hour almost every time. So <laughs> oh, we for $6 a month, you can listen to us go really deeply into Lower Decks. Uh, we yes. are in the beginning of season four now. Absolutely. This is so exciting. Thank you, Spot, for joining us uh, in the Patreon. Now, Ashlyn, pre-show, we had quite a discussion about action figures, and I want to bring that back around because, number one, uh, today, I already have a pre-picked action figure. His name is John Luke Picard in the future. He's Vineyard Picard, and he's got a hat on (laughs) and his little overalls. And Ashlyn and I, right before this in the pre-show, have decided that we are going to have an action figure swap you might have actually heard about this in the pod before or maybe on a live i think we've talked about this but um ash but ashlyn and i did this huge action figure swap and for some reason i got vineyard picard so 
I don't know how this happens because people who know Ashlyn know that Picard used to be her favorite character is still like very high up in her favorite characters and she has like so many Picard action figures like you want to just name off a few that you have Ashlyn? Dixon Hill Picard? Romulan Picard? Picard when he has like it's like season six jacket Picard, mm -hmm. you know, he's got like the Kathy jacket. jacket yeah. yeah, and then normal TNG Picard. I would place him as roughly season two. <laughs> wow, that is just an extensive amount of Picards. And I noticed on your shelf as well, you have Professor X. So technically, <laughs> you have more Patrick Stewart action figures than you even know what to do with. <laughs> so, Oh, I also forgot to say I have Cadet Picard. And yes, I and have you giant have first, contact, first contact, Picard. contact Picard. He's the yes. one who fell last week. Oh. Um, I was or I was editing something and an action figure fell. Maybe it was yes. on a Patreon. Anyway, mm -hmm. we're we're Damn. really going into this. We do not need <laughs> anyway, to. Anyway, yes. Yeah. So that's all to say, Ashlyn has a lot of Picards, but she does not have Vineyard Picard because some reason I got him. So now we are swapping, and Ashlyn and I discussed a lot about who we were swapping with, and I was able to choose an action figure. We came to a conclusion, and if you become a one dollar patron, you can hear this segment. Yeah. Boom. Today, I have Vineyard Picard with me, and Ashlyn, that means we also need another friend along on this action figure journey. So let's do it. Let's pick. Oh, all right. I, I gotta go hop over there. Okay, I'll provide the ASMR. You know, today I'm gonna pick from like the very bottom. I'm gonna like scoop bottom in the middle. <gasps> oh, whoa. Oh my god, I came back and the mic is hot. Okay, yes, girly. Well, who do you have? I scooped from the bottom and the middle, as I just told everyone, and I have chosen Janeway from Flashback. Okay, if you don't remember, this is Janeway in a uh, movie uniform, Starfleet bib, <laughs> red bib. <laughs> From Wrath of Khan and later movies. <laughs> Ashlyn, I'm freaking out. I did not expect Janeway to appear in this pod today, and that means that we're going to be yet again derailed by Voyager. <laughs> but here we are. I feel like this is a sign of good fortune. Yes. Like when Janeway appears, a good pod is near. Is near. <laughs> I 100% agree. So now we've got two legendary captains uh, in the studio with us. Well, we've got a futuristic Captain Picard and a you know, I might pass past out. Janeway. We've got some time traveling captains actually here in this episode. Um, Ashlyn, please, please tell us who is who is joining on your end. I mean, it can't top your situation sure. you have over there with these two legends, but. I will not say it's better or worse. I have Luwaxana here. <laughs> Legend. Oh my god, she's gonna she's gonna be excited to see Jean-Luc, that's for sure. Yeah, well, especially older Jean-Luc. She's like, oh, yeah, what she's distinction. Like, well, she's ready to party. <laughs> so she's got her hands in the air. <laughs> well, I have to tuck her into my mic here. So okay. anyone whose ears I broke after picking Janeway, I'm sorry. Um, I'm actually not sorry. She's so I'm so excited she's here. Thank you, everyone, for <laughs> We're listening as we pick our action figures and <laughs> now <laughs> thank you for dealing with us <laughs> <laughs> the goofiest part of the episode likely oh my gosh <laughs> we're just move <laughs> moving along here so i have a question which kind of will wake us up into this episode rihanna if sure. you were on a holodeck and you said computer activate all good things which star trek character is there in the holodeck with you to experience this glory Okay, this is going to be extremely niche, 
Um, and I'm sorry to people who have not seen Star Trek Picard. I'm not going to do spoilers. I'm just saying that I am bringing Picard from Star Trek Picard. So I think season one, beginning Remembrance, that first episode pilot that we talked about for forever in our pilot series, I am now bringing him into the finale of TNG because this man needs to remember how to connect to your crew. Oh um, my god, <laughs> will do. <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that. I think it would give him a kick in the ass. I think that it would also just give him some perspective, some, you know, like, hey, this all, you remember all this stuff you went through, but you don't remember it. So let's go back, take a look. I do not want us to be in participation mode. That's a nightmare. No, thank you. Participation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> He would be yelling at the characters. He'd yes. be like, turn around. <laughs> you, you dumbasses. <laughs> Loving Picard way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like um, it might be incredibly awkward, but it's worth it to get him to see, just to have another perspective. Um, I think it would also just be fascinating to get to explore a part of your life again, a very significant part of your life again, um, through the holodeck like they're doing. Um yeah, so that's my answer. I have a very unserious answer that I can do as a joke later, but I want to hear your uh, your person, Ashlyn, of who you are bringing to the holodeck. It's so hard because it's such a like serious <laughs> episode. Like it's not like with McCoy, yeah. I would just like sit back and have a drink. Like I, sure, I don't know who I would want to drink with. And... Like you said last week. Like, yeah, like no I, I don't know if I should take anything to watch this no. episode <laughs> you, you know what i mean no. um so who do i go with you know okay okay i'm gonna go with guinan <gasps> great yes. choice i'm gonna great go with choice. guinan because she was not in this episode and that was a huge no. injustice it was guinan yeah. erasure mm -hmm. and uh i think it would be really fun to see her perspective because every time she sees q she would do her little like Cute, like guided hands guided hands yeah guided like paws. get away from me you know um and i would love to just hear her perspective and also i would ask her just questions in general about tng so i could get like a heartwarming tng finale experience as well love talking that. with her yeah she went with her like it head forward to the future you're like oh my gosh like who do you think's running the bar now like let's speculate or yeah like, did yeah. you trade this person you know blah 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 <laughs> Or like, yeah. where are you now? Like, yeah, what's going like, on in your Tell future? us about your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turns into a little interview podcast for Ashlyn. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ashlyn, I love this response. I think Guinan is a beautiful choice. You all would like grow as people. Like, it would be incredible, I feel like. I really think we'd all benefit from one meeting with Guinan if she wasn't mm -hmm. like tired or if she was willing to talk to us. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, um, I'm going to quickly say my very unserious answer that I thought of initially, yes, uh, yes. which is Thomas Riker. <laughs> that would also be a hilarious choice. What the <laughs> Thomas Riker? <laughs> <laughs> Mostly to see his old self feuding with Worf and to like know how much he fumbled the bag with Troy. Like, I just <laughs> honestly think all of that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> so are you trying to make him feel better about like watching no. Riker fuck it up? No, God, no, I'm making you feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my accomplish, what I'm trying to accomplish, but I do want him to see. <laughs> this is sadistic. Yeah. Um, you know, what my unserious answer was actually mm -hmm. was um, Laris from Picard. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> because then it would just show her like you never had a fucking chance, no matter what he may tell you. 
<laughs> like this man is deeply rooted in his crew. <laughs> no matter what he may tell you, he is in love with Q and Beverly. Like, so if they show up in your life, <laughs> like it's time to go. You better like <laughs> just know that you have a low chance of maintaining a relationship. Oh my god. That happens. And, and she'd be like, everything about Picard makes perfect sense now. If she saw that, she'd be like, okay, I have clarity. It like, would mostly just be like, I'm trying to help a girly out. And I'm like, here's your girl's like, girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you need to know background and information i got you i can yes. show you what i know about this man yeah <laughs> oh, oh my god i think we next week we help. should ask our uh, audience that should be the question for them is is also this question Did okay let's do, do it no no we, no we didn't well so this is a great moment for it because this week um we didn't ask you this question but we we asked a different question which was just kind of open-ended what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on the tng finale and do you think it is the best trek finale because mm. i think Amongst most people, if you pull them in a crowd, they're going to say the TNG finale is the best. And so I was curious mm -hmm. with our fans and listeners what you all thought. So we have uh, from the Random Redshirt podcast, as a DS9 fan, it hurts a little to say this, but yes, I think it is. Whoa. Whoa. Old okay, I know, words. I know who answered that. Yes, we do. I love that take. Wow. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you, Ren Redshirt. From Twin Cities Trekkies, we had, unfortunately, no, I reserve that distinction for what we leave behind. Which is the Deep Space Nine family. So we have yeah. already a fight breaking out. <laughs> I love this. I mean, you can see a consensus already. Um, from mm -hmm. Mary Morin23, 1701 out of 10. So <laughs> that is a for sure that TNG, this is the best finale. Yep, and then Ash Critties uh, said, "I think this, I think this is second to DS9's finale, only because I prefer the character wrap-ups in DS9." Okay. Wow. I yeah. I love the that not only are our listeners answering the question, they're giving the why, they're like giving beautiful explanations. We just we really appreciate you all taking a moment to answer this question because I love to hear people's different takes, especially because sometimes I can get wrapped up in like. Oh, everyone thinks the same things about Star Trek as I do, which is not true at all. Even Ashlyn and I, on the occasion, <laughs> will have a difference of opinion on things. On the occasion. <laughs> so, Rhea and I have a question now. Mm -hmm. Is this your favorite finale? No. And I and you and I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I should ask you at the end yeah. as well, but like uh -huh. right now. Yeah. Before we talk about this episode and the other ones, it, this is not your favorite. Out of all Trek. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Ashlyn, how about you? <laughs> this is a this is a hard one for me i'm gonna say right now yes mm -hmm. because it represents who i am before i like complete this watch list um yeah. because i think my answer will change 100 percent. sure so fair anyway yeah so now and one more and then our interview's yes. done so yes <laughs> now i'm wondering and this is why i responded the way i did because i'm thinking about the first time that i yeah. watched this episode and i think with finales you know we've mentioned this already like this is an episode that you're probably going to watch the fewest number of times if you're normal um unless you yeah. like pain um <laughs> you like endings I... and change and <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um unless you're very strong so i'm wondering do you remember the circumstances of watching 
all good things for the first time and what were some of your takeaways boy do i ever um i think what's also great about this is every pod when you ask this question i'm going to be remembering more and more because we were older (laughs) and older as we continue to watch together my takeaways were kind of similar to the qualms i've had in in other finales that we've discussed mainly being that realizing more and more that this is just little Rihanna not wanting anything to change. I struggled a lot with like separation anxiety. So I knew as Ashlyn was growing up, she was going to be leaving for college before me. So even though we were still pretty young, that was always in the back of my mind of like, oh my God, I'm going to have to deal with that someday because we were attached to the hip. And so I think that these these feelings tended to manifest in these different star trek finales as we were like finishing up star trek it was like oh jesus ashland's older now like we're getting closer you know which we will definitely talk about when we discuss endgame but i really think that like it colors the way that i looked at finales and i think the way that i just look at endings in general is i just don't like them like i especially as a child did not like the way that TNG (laughs) went about making this sort of grand finale. I think that there was definitely parts I enjoyed and I was sobbing my eyes out like the most of the episode, but also I think it's the buildup. It's the having binged it all (laughs) so very quickly too, you know, that like you feel those emotions tenfold. And so I remember being very, not unsatisfied by the writing or acting or directing necessarily, but very unsatisfied by the choice of plot and like switching of timelines made it feel very much like we're not in our regular position to close it out. I prefer a finale where they're all in the same place. It's not like suddenly they're in college and it's 10 years later. Like those are my least favorite finales, you know, is like the time skips. And so this was close enough that I was as a child, I keep emphasizing that because my opinion has definitely changed. Um, but the first watch, I was bitter. I was bitter. I was not as bitter as Turnabout Intruder. Like, definitely more satisfied. We definitely got more more closure for this. But I did not like the way it was executed. I liked everything else about it. I thought a lot of their choices, not having Picard and Bev be together, not having Worf, or sorry, not having Troy even be alive or be with <laughs> Riker. Like, I just thought all of these were the wrong choices. Which now, of course, I see is because it was a different finale. But anyway our different ending. Um, so yeah, I was, a, I was a bitter little, little girl. I think I was a little bit like upset because I just didn't want it to end. I think that's what it boiled down to is it wasn't even the finale's fault. It could have been the best finale ever. And I still would have been bitter that it was over, you know, like if that makes sense. So I think that's going to be my problem with all of these, especially as, as you're growing up and as you're already dealing with change and, you know, people growing up and people changing as well. Like, Ashlyn and I were changing as we were watching these episodes, you know, because you are as kids. You just grow up so quickly. So there's my long-winded answer and explanation. Ashlyn, I'm so curious from your perspective how you thought of this finale. Um, I don't even remember what house we were at. I think we might have been at mom's house, but, like, you know, if you have details like that. I unfortunately don't remember the specific, like, which, yeah, which house we were at. I want to say... It was mom's was is my recollection. I want to say also that it's wild to me and I don't know why I didn't expect it. You know, when you choose when when Rihanna and I each like choose these series, we never quite know what we're in for at the beginning. And I'm finding now that 
so much of these finale discussions are going to involve our personal history because our core memories and so many like important moments that changed us happened together while we were watching star trek so like Truth. this is this is how you all know like how deep we're in this is like yeah we're, like, our, like, like, i know me yeah. too i'm like ah, yeah i'm just yeah. like wow rihanna's really sharing everything and like i you're being so generous with your words and emotions and so um yeah, i thanks. i have to say i consulted the historical documents because we um as we <laughs> talked about before took points and i will say our point system really evolved as we watched more oh yeah it did <laughs> yeah and so starting tng we had a watch schedule like i'm literally looking at season seven right now on sunday december 26th 2010 we watched 2010. descent and li- liaisons yeah 22010 and oh my god we watched sabrosa on new year's eve <laughs> um, we did not That's i mean perfect who knew if we actually stuck to the schedule because i remember a lot of times we were running behind and we would watch like seven in a row to catch up but we always put a quote that one of us said when we made the schedule and i it's my it's my quote so on december 26 2010 so the day after christmas i said <laughs> as we were making the schedule the days of which we want spent with joy are coming to a close oh so i for me that quote puts me right back to where i was like we were so thrilled to be watching tng together it was so wonderful and knowing that we were on the last season just like i had this pit of dread like i do not want to leave tng i wish it's it's the type of show i wish i could rewatch over and so you know some of these episodes it's been so long i it's like (laughs) seeing it again (laughs) so it's like you watch a lot of trek you come back 15 years later you watch that trek again and it's all gone yeah so anyway so i i had to i had to bring that up because i think that is what puts me back in that emotional state i remember some very similar things to what you're saying rihanna i did not like what happened in the future at all and yeah. i hated that like specifically the romantic parts like i yes. hated that jordy married leah brahms i thought that was oh, so disturbing yeah. yeah i did not like that picard and beverly were divorced mm-hmm. what why yeah. when they're being so flirty and so cute in so season seven chemistry yeah oh slays me the whole like deanna is dead Riker looks awful like i just (laughs) i just did not like the future at all and so i was overjoyed to find that this isn't it's like the future is not as in stone as we thought it was going to be this was just a possible future of what could happen and the sky's the limit you know that's how the episode ends and i think i i absolutely love this episode because we I loved it from the beginning because I thought it was a good remember when like we got Tasha back um, yes. on this episode that really puts you back in the encounter at Farpoint perspective. And I, I really adored this finale and it's always been one of my favorite TNG episodes. But again, one that I don't rewatch unless it's for the pod. Yep. 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 Exactly. That's so true with so many finales. Yeah. Um, so Ashlyn, now that we're talking about our points and our schedule and everything that we did to finish mm-hmm. out TNG, let's talk about our rankings and who we gave as the top three, we said, right? Yep, top three. As the top three characters uh, by the end of TNG. <laughs> so, Ashlyn. <laughs> okay, so in third place, I have Data um should i say with fourteen thousand three hundred and ninety-five points 
lot of points. That's we so gave points, points like tally marks also. By hand, so. by hand yeah. y'all. And then we had to count them by hand. Um, this is how, not freakish. How, how do I say this kindly to our little cute selves? This is how intense we were. Okay, Ashlyn, my third place was Riker with 20,565. Oh my, your third place was 20,000? Oh my god, okay. That's correct. <laughs> Riker, okay, geez. So, and for me, in second place, I have Riker Ooh. at 15,026 points. So I'm not even close oh. to touching your 20 in third. Okay, second place, I have Picard Whoa. at 26,420. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I already know who won for you because yeah. you, you have... <laughs> Riker, Picard, and who's in first? Shocker, and then for me, yeah. I so I have Data, Riker, and in first place is Picard with mm -hmm. forty nine thousand eight hundred seventy two points. <laughs> you telling me that forty nine? Wait, Riker was fifteen thousand, and you skyrocketed <laughs> yes, to forty thousand. Yes. <laughs> no, like Picard Tally didn't just win. <laughs> by a normal amount, Picard won by an astronomical landslide. slide. <laughs> yeah, more than double. <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> okay, my first place was Data with thirty three thousand two hundred fifty five. I mean, still an incredible <laughs> amount of points. <laughs> like, <and> then, like, <laughs> like this is truly amazing, and especially because I think last time we we talked about points, we were in the like hundreds or you know maybe like oh we were so undefined in TOS. I think Spock had like yeah. a thousand maybe total. <laughs> yeah. So Ashla, this is just a delight to go down memory lane because it does also give us context to how we were feeling in the finale versus now. Ah, oh, wow. Okay. We really, we covered a lot. Thank you all for, for hanging in there for that niche segment. I, I feel like not a lot of people have record of their emotions when they were in like early high school, you know, yeah. so <laughs> in Star Trek like form point record of characters. We just wanted a literal like count, like of actual data data of like yeah. who our favorite data. characters were so when people yeah. could ask we could literally say my favorite character is data and i have the got thirty three thousand points like yeah <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> with facts can't, can't say anything about else about that. yes <laughs> i probably <All> right. shouldn't <laughs> yeah prob <laughs> probably shouldn't people are like oh wow they really like star trek oh okay <laughs> neuro spicy yes yeah it's fine um, here it's we fine. are, and we're ready to finally begin talking about this podcast, or this episode, all good things. Yeah, we are. You know, when our mom finished TNG, which she finished it last, she watched in this, like, incredible order, where it was really just, like, she kind of asked us, and then also just watched the pilot of everything, and then decided what she wanted to watch next, so... We love that energy and so she watched tng and when we were closing out and she finished the finale it used to be on netflix back in the day um and it had this like segment this little documentary with jonathan franks talking about the finale of tng so i'm sure it's around i'm sure it's able to you know be found or bought or whatever rented on amazon but it was an amazing little add-on as an ode to the end of tng so we got on a zoom and um actually my fiance girlfriend at the time and you ashlyn and our mom all got on and talked and just like watched that and sort of celebrated tng so that was really cool and i just i also love that they had that as an add-on 
good shout. Yeah, that made me really emotional. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I was watching like, that. Tearing up for sure. So thank you for that, Rihanna. And thank you to mom for showing that to us. So a little bit of background. This episode aired in, on May 23rd, 1994. So goodbye, TNG. Cool. Um, I'm sorry. Was DS9 d didn't start till the movies of TNG, right? I don't believe so. I believe it started like season five or six. Oh, and then Worf came on after he finished TNG. Let me look it up. Sorry, yeah. I'm just curious, like, you know, thinking contextually, last t episode of Star Trek wasn't really a, like last episode of syndicated Star Trek that people were watching. So the first episode of TNG or of uh, DS9 was January 4th, 1993. So it was a oh, year. Okay. Ish. Interesting. This episode also uh, was written by Brennan Braga and Ronald D. Moore. Initially, Jerry Taylor was going to write it, and then she did not end up joining <laughs> the writing Damn. party. So they really, they had a couple of early ideas for this episode. They knew that they wanted to have Q because they had to bookend his key role in the pilot. There was an early draft that had Picard as Locutus, Whoa. but Pillar, Michael Pillar liked the timeline jumping plot instead of a Borg plot, but that was going to bring back Hugh. They were going to steal the Enterprise from the Starfleet Museum, similar to the search for Spock. And, but in both, in both of these plots, the final crew, the, the final scene features the crew playing poker together. So they knew they had to end the whole series that way, but one of them could have been a board plot. So Loki, we, this is kind Loki, of just wait till our foreshadowing for, <laughs> yeah, for what we end up getting. So, yeah, um, wow. that's incredible. They probably look back I, at these notes and they're like, cool. Okay. <laughs> they're like, oh, we already thought about this yeah, oh, cool. 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So here we are at the end of this show. We have Worf and Troy coming out of the holodeck. And Troy says, what a wonderful program. So we see that Worf and Troy are together. Here we go with the finale. A late night date. <laughs> a late night date. Um, this program did get finished to tell a while into the night. And... I think this is a very interesting choice to start on this episode. I do not want to drag on the people who like Worf and Troy. Um, I know that a lot of people do, and that's awesome. Like, I think that it's an interesting pairing. I My qualms with it is that it comes too late in TNG to be, one, believable, two, enjoyable, because I have never figured them together. So I'm like, why are we getting this rare pair at the 11th hour? Yeah. So that's my, that's my qualm with it. I think that... It, it's cute in practice like it actually is very wholesome and cute seemingly like they seem like a good match but weird timing for me yeah so this is how i remember feeling when i first watched this episode as well is that it's such a weird tone to start out with because i was i used to be very anti troy and wharf and so this <laughs> yes, disgusted yeah. me i did yeah, not like, like <laughs> yeah literally i i hated yeah. seeing them together i will say now i've really softened on the couple and i can see them together like rihanna said i'm pretty sure they knew they're gonna do some weird shenanigans in the finale and so in a yeah. couple episodes before the end they're like hey make sure those characters start dating so we can set something up so we can fight with Riker. <laughs> i think you're um, so right but yeah i'm 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 fine with it now <laughs> what I, what i love is when my man busts through into the hallway and picard is in his jammies <laughs> And he's yelling at them. He's like, hey, what's the star date? And I just think, like, 
if your captain, if any Star Trek captain bursts into a room and asks what the star date is, you know some shit is gonna go down or has yes. already gone down. Like this, this is the most time travel <laughs> flat green flag I've ever seen. <laughs> Red flag, no. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, it's a flag. Yeah, Ashlyn, I agree, and I think also the fact that the the writing is so good in this because we do not get to see his first jump, um, or we don't get to see those however long he's been either in the past or the future or whatever so i really like that we're getting it in the middle of the action we're getting this picard who has already gone through a little bit without us knowing really what's going on either so we're kind of on the same playing field as Worf and troy here of like captain what is going on like you know troy even insinuates that it could it have all been a bad dream kind of thing, you know, which I'm like, no, <laughs> already starting to gaslight so early on in the episode. <laughs> yeah, this is just very interesting. Yeah, I think this is a really cool way to get the audience into it. I really felt like if you're going to make a finale with high stakes, you have no time to lose. And so I appreciated that. Yeah, we get this weird wharf scene, but I forget about it by the time Picard is like <laughs> running around in his jammies. Um, yeah. Right before they intro, they pack it in. I thought it was weird that Picard was having this convo with Troy. So I, I thought, I guess, I guess it's because everyone's asleep. You know, it's like late at night, but I kind of thought they should have had a bridge meeting about like a senior officer meeting about Picard shifting through time and not just do it through Troy because I think that sort of already is telling him like we don't really believe you like we think this is a mental problem and <laughs> yeah. not like a, a time travel problem but yeah. I don't know true I think that's an interesting choice I agree uh like get Riker in here get someone who's time traveled a lot like I well wake I up know. data you know <laughs> literally wake up data <laughs> or he well, awake? he's not awake. Oh, go get data. <laughs> yeah. He might be dreaming still. We don't know what his life is like during this <laughs> this finale. <laughs> God, we're this is like minute two of the of the finale, and we're talking about where data is at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is data dreaming or not? Oh God. Okay, let's um, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, but then before we get to talk to really anyone after that, Picard switches to the future. And this is when we get our first glimpse of the Picard I have in my hand, who is action, or action figure, who is um, Vineyard Picard in his little sun hat working on the vineyard. And he's very disoriented at first. And then it's just like, anyway, <laughs> going back to tying his vines. And this is just so fascinating to me, one, because the age makeup cracks me up, which we can talk about more when we see more characters. But like, I love the fact that like Picard would grow a beard just cracks me up. He's like in his Riker era. And then that Picard has just been diagnosed with Eremotic Syndrome. And so Jordy has come to see him and, you know, <laughs> see how he's doing. It's really, it's actually a pretty cute scene, but it's also so just like, like hilarious i don't know it cracks me up you know that jordy comes in like hey there's captain there's a warp core breach or, <laughs> or whatever you know yeah I, <laughs> or some other damn problem on the ship <laughs> whatever yeah yeah uh i like to see first of all the biggest change is that jordy he's no longer wearing his visor so that's an easy mm -hmm. way to show like okay a lot of time is tra a lot of time has passed mm -hmm. picard's like chilling on his vineyard 
it's good to see Jordy in this scene. I agree. It made me sad though, because it's clear that they are not keeping track of one another. Yes. And they talk about in the scene that it's been 25 years since they were all together on the Enterprise. He married Leah Brahms. We just skate on past that. He has three Ugh. daughters. Yeah, and... Brett, Alondra, and Sydney. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Keep those locked away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll use those names later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it also, I, he mentions in some of the dialogue, like, man, I haven't seen everybody all together in so long. And the part that breaks my heart the most is finally at, at one point Picard, like he he time shifts a couple times and he's uh, really disoriented. So Jordy's like, okay, let me help you. Let me get back to the house. And Picard is adamant, like, no, I have to go see Data because mm -hmm. I think I'm shifting through time and someone should be able to help me. Wake up Data, exactly. <laughs> wake up, let's go get Data. And Jordy says, I think he's still at Cambridge, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, that is just, that is not right. If no. Jordy and Data do not talk to each other every day or do not like at least Jordy should know that where yeah. Data's working, yes. you know? So that yes. broke my heart because I always think of those two as even when they're not together on the Enterprise, I think of them as like inseparable. Like they still would talk, you know? I totally, totally agree. It's so off-putting. I think that's the thing that is so hard to to deal with in this uh, episode is probably mostly the future parts for me because we already know in the past what happens we've seen encounter far, far point you know and uh but the future is very unsettling to me you know to see how much they've drifted apart yeah and let's talk about it so before he gets to see much of Jordy, he shifts again and is now in the shuttle with tasha yar looking at the Enterprise about ready to dock and everything. So this is literally the beginning, way before we even saw an encounter at Farpoint. So I, especially seeing Tasha again is so hard for him. It's hard for us, you know? I think it's amazing that, um, that you know, we got, we got a call back to Yar because those are always so important. And I think TNG is really good at doing that. Um, but it's painful, you know, and Picard is clearly struggling with it. So I just think that this is really beautiful, but um, and so interesting that these are like three very distinct points in his life that he keeps switching through. Yeah. So once we see all of these three time periods, I'm feeling so emotionally satisfied <laughs> this yeah. early on in the episode yeah. because I'm having these memories of, oh, Tasha, like that was yes. really a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, she they haven't even met each other. Like this is their first time meeting. Yeah. Uh, so that really like gets me in my feels. He's talking to Tasha. Also, they manage, these, these motherfuckers, they manage to throw in a gaze around the ship in the yep. shuttle moment for the yep. enterprise and that is a that is a move that is generally reserved for the movies and so yeah. that tells you this is a high <laughs> this, this is, is a, a, a highly rated star trek piece of content because they're in a shuttle and they're looking at how beautiful the ship is together <laughs> <laughs> i adore it i think it's so perfect um, yeah they had to. They couldn't resist. <laughs> like, well, because it works. I'm looking at the ship and I'm like, oh, I really want a model of Enterprise yeah. D. <laughs> I and love her. The fact that Yara's there as well, you know, like Picard's yes. taking both in, you know, and I think that that's really cool. Um, and he says that it takes him a second 
of disorientation and then he's quote settled into the universe so i think that's also really interesting is that he keeps his memories from all of these different timelines so he knows really genuine generally once he's settled he remembers things about the future or recalls where he is in the past and what needs to be done and rikers at farpoint and you know all that kind of stuff like I think that that is really fascinating and a piece of like time travel mechanics that I have no idea how that works, but only Q, I think, well, <laughs> could facilitate that shit. But this is a key part to figuring out the mystery. And and mm. here we go. So with with finales, I think there can be like uh, okay, here here here's what I'm thinking. So yeah. um there is a mystery to all of this. And this is basically like, if you just look at the plot, this mm -hmm. is just like a normal episode, but like elongated to include all of these character moments. And so yes. I don't think it's too different from the formula from the formula that TNG has set all along. Agreed. And so I think that's something I actually really appreciate because you can, like, if you look in the Star Trek history book, it's not like the last day that the Enterprise Doctor Earth was this star day, and like that that's the episode that we get. Like, no, this no. is just TNG keeps going. We're just another day. the last yeah. story that we get on one of the days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think having it be localized is smart in this perspective. It doesn't work for all shows, but I think for TNG Agreed. it does work for me this way. Like DS9, we we get the end of a story in DS9. Yes. But this is not the Very end of different. a story. This is just along the journey. So um, true. Great point. So uh uh but yeah so anyway i'm very happy at, at this time and I, I i think so back to this being a puzzle for picard we've seen him we've seen this man like tackle yeah. all these puzzles we know that his analytical brain is prepped for this type of test that we've Q seen and, clues yes we've seen clues we know this <laughs> this crew is top notch they're the best fleet in the galaxy like let's go yeah they are the best <laughs> in starfleet in the galaxy. <laughs> I get, too, I get too overexcited. Like this is what TNG does to me. Is it like brings out something very feral? Um, but uh, so knowing, because Picard, so when he's back in this early encounter at Farpoint episode, mm -hmm. he is trying to do everything as similar as possible and not give any information to taint the crew about yeah. what can happen in the future because he's following proper time travel protocols. And also totally. this affects his own personal timeline. So he's trying to be extra careful. But I will say, because um, Q starts teasing him with all the like yelling people <laughs> yeah. and there's a scene like Picard's like accepting command and they're all in the oh, cargo God. bay together. Yes. I hate that scene. Same. I hate it because I get so cringe it's so it's like embarrassing yeah. yeah for picard to be like what's that noise like who are the people you know he's like yeah. losing it in front of his whole crew and everyone's like what is going on yeah. like, and then he's like why are you alert. calling red alert <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i hate watching it i don't like it it is so second-hand embarrassment that's what especially this future timeline also feels like that sometimes yeah that's hard i mean i understand why you know they had to do it for the writing and stuff but it is especially difficult on this like past crew <laughs> who's all still meeting and learning each other and learning picard's style and so this is just very erratic he's not telling them anything all of his orders seem kind of crazy so i think they're all set on edge because of that and even troy takes him aside at multiple points and it's like you need to tell your crew more and he's like i can't i promise like it'll be fine <laughs> you know i don't know i find that really fascinating and definitely he's walking a difficult line like he is really trying to follow protocol which we know janeway would have just like sat down the whole ship and told everyone at this point <laughs> so 
I know. I was literally thinking the same thing. I was like, Janeway would have all like made everybody work together. Which, yeah. that's, which who's to say that that's not like it does actually would unite everyone and have them all at least be aligned on the cause, you know, and like <laughs> it would work probably better, but it's not protocol. So, well, and I also think that is part of the Q's test, too, is yes. to see like not only can you stop this thing that is happening to you but like can you do it with grace you know can like you keep your morals that you always like yeah and around because yeah. i mean being captain of the ship the captain can get away with a lot before a mutiny occurs like it, a, <laughs> yeah a, mutiny is very rare in starfleet and so if picard wanted to he could just be like shut the fuck up like <laughs> Until now they go start sensing the death, like yeah, <laughs> luster, yeah. then you're exactly. In yeah. Anyway, yes, agree. Uh, I think I want to jump to season seven timeline because after Troy is with him and sees him experiencing these jumps, she's like, "Oh, let's go to sick bay because you're something's going on for real in sick bay." I think this is a wonderful scene i i love this because the chemistry between bev and picard is off the wall like they are flirty they're so cute she's so like tender with him and i also think part of it is because picard is in his jammies in sickbay and everyone yeah Yeah. he's vulnerable all of his all the other people are coming in and Mm -hmm. they're in uniform and he's just like hi guys (laughs) (laughs) what's the star date (laughs) yeah 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 so mm-hmm. I I love to see it. And also my favorite line is when she's like, well, you know, I think you just like waking everybody up in the middle of the night. And he's like, actually, it's because I like running around the ship in my bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> like we get some humor in this, you know, and as, as well as these tender moments between these characters. They're so comfortable around each other. I think that that is what I find so beautiful about the acting of all of this because this has got to be just a master class of acting from all of them like i i really think that they all did such a beautiful job being these three different timeline of people you know and stage of person stage of character development you have to go back to literally the first episode you've ever done like character on your last episode like that's such a challenge for the actors i think that's so cool and of course pastor patrick stewart just nails it you know like in all these timelines and i think that he he is so unbelievably comfortable with his crew in this season seven timeline so much so he's very comfortable with bev because they share a kiss in the ready room ashlyn and i i think this ash this destroyed ashlyn like i remember when we were watching it together um as children and she loved them like you shipped them so hard i shipped them so hard i still do i just have mm-hmm. kind of drifted away from them <laughs> <laughs> we are jc kind of took over but mm-hmm. i feel like this is really beautiful and it and it shows something that could have been you know and something that we were so close to but i think that that's what makes it more frustrating is that we don't really get a close any closure on their relationship in the current timeline but it's so gorgeous and i i do love this scene and i think both of them are just have amazing chemistry yeah okay so for this my opinion you know i was talking about how 
in the end, if you look at it, this is just another day on mm -hmm. the Enterprise D. This type of thing, like the fact that everything that occurs in the season seven timeline in this episode does not happen. Like everything after Picard comes out of the turbo lift and is bare feet does not actually happen. Yeah. And that leaves me incredibly dissatisfied and makes me annoyed that we don't have final answers on will Picard ever end up with Bev? Because a lot of finales like choose to make that choice and then you can yes. be upset or not about it. Yeah. But the fact that they made a non-choice, they just said no. <laughs> There's <laughs> You actually get no answers except that they're just continuing to explore strange new worlds you know like i love yeah. it and i i hate it i think it's the coward's yes. way out but also like whatever it's, it's the really star trek way out i've got to say written really well yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also just how a lot of star trek roles and i really i just i don't love it because they tend to put romance on the back burner when it comes to finales or final plots or whatnot which Ugh, i don't understand get me started. star trek yeah. is not a romantic show blah 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 but if you're building it up for all these seasons then you have to have some kind of final delivery especially if you're going to say oh that whole timeline didn't exist aka it was all just a dream vibes you know like do not give us that like that kiss never happened they're still going to dance around each other for eternity type like feeling, you know, I agree. I'd rather have, I'd rather be annoyed and saying, no, we are staying friends, Beverly forever and ever, <laughs> you know? And then I'm like, no, okay, no one wants that. <laughs> yeah, of course no one wants that, but I'd rather have that than like, than this non-answer. So, well, so the thing, I mean, it does, it does give you hope though, because I will say that scene is one of the most like beautiful scenes. I think there's yes. like soft light on them both and the way that patrick stewart like the emotions are clear on his face like this man he doesn't speak too much in this episode but like he speaks very softly i'm sorry you can tell i'm like i'm so in love with him she's um, like kicking I'm, her feet i'm, I'm like blushing yeah. <laughs> yeah but like you you see all of his emotional changes like the picard that comes out when beverly is around is a different like it's never seen again you know like he's yeah. so open with her it's beautiful and she looks amazing and she sits on his desk like excuse me that is so yes. bold um yeah. whoa like it just shows you how comfortable they are and i think that is also something i'm really liking about this finale is that because the character dynamics are so different in every time period it makes the one in season seven the one where we have spent all this time with our characters it makes it more special because you see how close they are and how we don't we want to stay this way why would we want to drift apart agreed agreed and i think too it's tenfold for beverly in this timeline because she has found out that he has this aromatic syndrome that could or that potential aromatic syndrome because he has this like um problem his this um i don't know what it's called in his brain but like it's like an irregularity or something yeah <laughs> Agnes Gerardi always calls it <laughs> your brain abnormality <laughs> I'm like shut the fuck up anyway um so yeah I feel like um her knowing that that this getting this news and that always leaves people more vulnerable and I think more open to being like oh my god like this person could leave me like what have I been doing all these years you know wasting time and I really appreciate that we're seeing a bit of that, but it's not wholly motivated by that either, because she's still a doctor. She knows that people die. She knows that people get diseases and 
syndromes and stuff. So it's just a beautiful balance of the two of that, like realization of wanting to be closer. And of course, this is sort of the thesis of the episode is Picard getting a shot at three different timelines in his life to look through his life kind of like, you know, chapters in a book almost to say, wow, I can look back and forward and see things that not necessarily even I did wrong, but see how things turned out because we acted a certain way, because I didn't go to poker more, because I didn't pursue things with Beverly, blah, 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 or because I did pursue things with Beverly. This may, makes me think maybe he halted things with Bev because he saw their like divorce and their future and was like, I'd rather just stay friends than deal with that, which is an interesting choice, you know, rather than talk out your feelings, but classic Starfleet officers. <laughs> I think he did try. I mean, we have proof in Ooh. Picard, but yeah. um well, yeah. any, <laughs> I mean, anyway, that, yeah. I'm a, I'm operating on the assumption that I haven't seen Picard. Oh, okay, but. sure. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. not to gush also about Gates McFadden, but her oh, performance do. in that scene is one of my favorite Beverly scenes as well. Like it, it makes me think about attached because she too is being very open with him and she's like, Yeah, I'm I'm scared for you. You know, I'm worried about you. Like you're facing a long and difficult illness. So yeah, I think she's absolutely wonderful in that scene as well. Oh, just beautiful. Gates. I think we should go to Cambridge. Please get in our Sherlock Holmes moment. Data is really living out his Sherlock Holmes life his dream but he's a professor so this is just amazing because data is a professor at cambridge and he's in this like beautiful house and has a million cats and it's truly like data's thriving i don't know? think he's at the house i think he's at cambridge or he's living at cambridge yeah exactly he's living in the the benefits of being the lucian chair i have no idea what that is decision lucian chair Oh my god, yeah, Lucasian. He said, holding the Lucasian chair does have its prerequisites. The house originally belonged to Sir Isaac Newton when he held the position. It's become the traditional residence. Wow. Wow. So he's living on campus in this, like, nice-ass house That's that belonged crazy. to Sir Isaac Newton. Like, what's going the on? Lucasian professor of mathematics is a mathematics professorship in the University of Cambridge, England. Its holder is known as the Lucasian professor. Mm, okay, so this is a math thing that we don't know, not a Star Trek thing. <laughs> yes, this is a real position. Okay, From good for Newton data. Hawking and beyond the short history of the location chair. <laughs> oh, Hawking. Okay. So it goes. So it goes. Newton, Hawking, data, <laughs> seemingly. As all correct lists do. <laughs> so okay, here's wow. my problem. This uh -huh. woman who's like so oh, data yeah, what what is going on with her and like why okay? I, I i just feel like this is playing a very old stereotype of yes. having like an old lady bring you tea who kind of like works for the university yeah it's like I, crotchety I, and like rude <laughs> like yeah. data doesn't treat her very well seemingly I yeah just, it just doesn't seem like a good relationship no data is rude to her data's like yeah he's like oh she like she's fine like he kind of yeah. speaks at her like she's not there like speaks about, about her like she's her, not yeah. there very, mm -hmm. strange. very strange i just feel like it's very old-fashioned and not right. at all like data and not at all like how the future will be yeah what what is happening <laughs> like that's why i'm saying he's living a sherlock holmes like dream like he's just living out this weird like it's just really out of place in cambridge yeah yeah i don't know it, it's strange but he has a streak of hair that she calls him a skunk like <laughs> 
<laughs> he does not look good with the streak. No, no offense. No. It's because it's too much. It's like a. It's like almost so ninety much. degrees of streak. <laughs> And you only need like the word streak. I feel like should be self-explanatory. <laughs> like you yeah, don't. Like one. Yeah. Yeah, like a little, an inch streak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Data's doing his thing, but he is on board to help Picard. And Jordy, you know, is at first kind of like, okay, Grandpa, let's get you back to bed, kind of energy. But then he, from there on, once they're with Data, once he's like, okay, fine, we'll get you to Data. Then he's kind of a ride or die. You know, I love seeing the two of them, Data and Jordy, back together and solving a problem, solving a mystery together. It's it's very cool. And again, reminiscent of these various episodes we've had. So TNG is really what I appreciate about how this episode succeeds so much is because it's really recalling other plots, recalling Encounter at Farpoint and various episodes of like Data Troy, Riker, character plots, you know, various things that are addressed. Even Q says it's time to put an end to your trek through the stars. So even get like a literal Star Trek <laughs> reference. I don't know. I just appreciate even little things are subtle references to past episodes or just past character dynamics. Yeah, I totally agree. So he sees in the other two timelines that he has to get to the Devron system because there's been a strange anomaly reported in there. And Jordy's like, come on, like seriously. And he's adamant about it. So he's like, well, fine. Then what do you want to do about it? So Jordy's like, well, if you're not going to calm down about this, then I will help you. So <laughs> God damn it. You know, like, <laughs> what do you want to do? And he's like, we want to go see data. Okay. I'll go see data. You know, like it's something that he's willing to do. So he's going to help. But I agree with you that he does become a ride or die. But I really think it's because of data. Mm -hmm. always listening to Picard and he doesn't yes. come with the emotional prerequisite of mm -hmm. Picard is probably losing his mind because of the eremotic syndrome. He is not letting that affect his decision at all because he's still listening to the facts Picard is saying and is like, actually, this kind of makes sense. And I, yeah. I do think that as much as Picard gets credit in this episode for saving humanity, it's because of data. Yes. Yeah, and unfortunately, his friends hinder him, actually, from saving humanity quite a lot in this episode because it's more difficult to find people who believe older people and who believe their stories and don't just think he's ill or senile. Like, truly, I think it's very offensive the way that uh, Crusher and Riker and even Jordy, to an extent, you know, treat Picard in the future just because he's old and seemingly like acting senile even though we know he's not we know he's just desperate because people aren't listening to him you know instead of okay they did, of course did hear him out and beverly even was able to take her ship into the neutral zone to help him so credit where credit's due of course like they do still come in clutch obviously but it's it's like pulling teeth for him to even get to be believed and i think that this is also a really important message that it's kind of showing you know that um, yet again, we're talking about like aging a lot in this finale and about sort of um, how people either tend to not listen to people who are a lot older than you or a lot younger than you. So yeah, just interesting. Yeah, and not something that I expected for Star Trek to tackle, but I yeah. kind of love it. You know, it's like yeah. Picard, yeah, he has the Aromatic Syndrome and it's, it's definitely setting in. So you can tell that his body is working against him because especially when you see how he acts and is so in control in the season one flashbacks. Cause he still think about like, he still has all his memories for every time yeah. he jumps 
but his body is just like not cooperating. His mind is not cooperating in the future. So he's just doing the best that he can. Yes. Yeah. Speaking back of season one, I love this O'Brien moment that we get because um, Picard talks to O'Brien. He's saying that, okay, they can't go to Farpoint. Um, they're not picking up the rest of the crew. And so you're going to be my chief, O'Brien. Mm -hmm. And this is season one, O'Brien. And he's like, yeah. sir, he's like, uh, yeah, like what the heck? But I think this is a very purposeful tease because we know the D Space Nine is already on. Mm -hmm. So we get this little future tease for O'Brien that he is going to be chief engineer someday. Oh, I love that. That's such a good point. And that Picard was sort of creepily being like, I know these things about you. I know you built model ships and I believe in you. Like Picard, Picard has Ooh. no chill. Like, don't talk about the model ships <laughs> at, a, at a time like this. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, but it is really indicative of their relationship that O'Brien is able to trust him and just be like, okay, sure, I'll do this for you. I'll, I'll be chief. So at 39 minutes, I wrote that too, 39 minutes. <laughs> we get the Q appearance. And so this is the moment in the past when Picard is like, hang on a minute. <laughs> he finally is like, this is the bad place. You know, he's finally realizing it's Q and the time shifts are Q's work and the anomaly is the key. You know, he's finally putting this stuff together, which then incites Q to come out and be like, finally, basically like 39 minutes in, you finally figured out the plot. <laughs> Like, I gotta love that ode to just classic Star Trek in general. It's back into the trial. Like, this is the other thing that is so cool and so nostalgic. Like, I remember I was just, of course, sobbing this whole episode, but, like, also just, like, shocked, you know, when he's basically saying um, that we never reached a verdict about humanity and that they're still testing Picard. And that it apparently the entire continuum is testing Picard and Q is giving him little steps up. So I just think this is fascinating. Not only has the continuum put this test again to Picard and to humanity, but Q is like essentially currying like vape or like giving him favors. Like my dude, just say you're in love already. Yeah. Okay. This shit, this was really crazy to me, especially because in most of the next generation, there's no continuity at all. And so for suddenly at the end to be like, oh, by the way, humanity was always on trial the trial never ended and we've been watching you the, these whole seven years and now this is your final test so it, it nicely wraps oh, up yes. all of these q episodes that we've had throughout the whole series so obviously the continuum in this trial is one giant aspect of why q is there but i think secretly there's always been this other side to q because he cares about Picard. And a lot of the times when he kidnaps him and takes him on these crazy adventures, it's because he's trying to help better himself. Like Tapestry, take Tapestry, for example. Like he goes back in time and like has Picard relive a part of his life that he thought he regretted. But at the end, he came away thinking, actually, I'm so glad that things worked out the way they did. And why? Like that, this, this, yes. that kind of side quest is probably not. <laughs> Continuum approved, you know, I, yes. I think this is Q, not to get off topic, but I, I think this is Q's way of showing like, I'm trying to help this human. I'm so interested in him and in love with him low key. And so that's why I thought it was so beautiful. You, you know, Rihanna, we're talking about how like the thesis for this episode is we should appreciate the people that we have in our lives and work to keep them there. And 
that's what Q also teaches him because as much as we're feeling the ah oh, like camaraderie behind this crew, Picard is feeling it so much. That's why he can't help but gush about O'Brien and like, oh, your model ship's my friend because he's yes. like he's seeing people in all these different time periods, and that really takes you out of your own drudges and your own like small stressors for the day is to get this kind of wake up call. I can't talk about Q in the continuum without talking about how I think this is actually done so lovingly to make him learn this lesson and to make him pass this trial as he learns more about himself than ever. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree. And beautifully said, Ashlyn. I also think that even giving him 10 yes or no questions like this whole scene was so cool and really well done. You know, I mean, of course, he's still going to push Picard's buttons. And when Picard asks why, then he's like, that's not a yes or no questions. And you forfeit all your other questions kind of thing. He still gave him a lot. You know, he said that Picard will be responsible for the end of mankind, that Q is responsible for his shifting in time. So he's trying to help him stop it. It's not a Romulan plot, a ploy to start a war. <laughs> no and no, Picard. <laughs> So, so he rules that right out. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really well done. Um, and then, of course, when they get back to Enterprise in our season seven timeline, they have to have a briefing. And so Picard gets everyone, all of his senior officers, again, just like, even though it seems like a small thing, there's so many just like amazing briefings. We have to have a briefing moment in the finale. So here we are. And Picard is talking about Q and the data says this. <laughs> funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. He basically, do you have the exact quote? Q's interest in you has always been very similar to that of a master and his beloved pet. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just looks at, like between Data and Picard like what? And you then he's like that was that. only an analogy captain. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that that's absolutely genius. Lovingly like we said. <laughs> so we find out basically yeah that Q is behind all of his swaps in time. I think it takes a little pressure off Picard once he realizes that Q is involved because in the past, at least, he then doesn't have to worry about messing with the Temporal Prime Directive. He can just, he, he still doesn't tell them everything that's going on, but he's just like, I'm not gonna worry about changing the timeline. And he yes. has a great, <laughs> great moment where he calls Riker. <laughs> And it's clearly because, you know, Riker's baby face and he's so young in the pilot. Yeah. I mean, all of them look young, but I think Frakes his beard. Yeah. yeah, Frakes looks the most different. And there's no way you could pull off clean shaven Riker season seven to do this scene. So no. I love that they reuse the footage from season one and, and it works. He's like, yes. yeah. yeah, the fact that he's got a bunch of tropical like trees behind him because he's clearly it's the holodeck from the Enterprise that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the scene that they chose. Yeah, they didn't choose the scene where he was on the oh, Farpoint far station. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, he chose either that's his Zoom background or he chose like an amazing like plant section of Farpoint. <laughs> I just, I love that. It's hysterical to me. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I feel like we get the least amount of Riker in yes. this episode. I wrote down, we see him at 26 minutes in, which is kind of a lot. Crazy. Um, he comes to sickbay in the season seven timeline. Mm -hmm. 
and we get yeah. future Riker who is just unhinged. Like I will say, so I there is a good like there's not a lot of good Riker Picard moments to showcase the like amazing friendship that they have. But one scene I did love was when season seven Picard. I think it's after the briefing <laughs> that we were talking about. They are on the bridge because the Romulans are saying, "Hey, like or basically the Enterprise is headed to the neutral zone." And Picard is telling Riker, if I should time shift during one of these critical junctures, I expect you to take command. And Riker is so out of it and he's barely listening because he's thinking about after the end of that briefing, he asked Troy, do you want to get some dinner? And then Worf like lingers and she's like, um, no, we have plans. And Riker and Worf have this kind of like tense moment. So that's what Riker's thinking about on the bridge. And so he's distracted. And then Picard's like, yo, did you hear what I said? And he's like, yeah, yeah, take command for sure. And he's like, are you okay, number one? Like with genuine interest. Yeah. And Picard yeah. can be so cold, you know, yeah, a lot so, of the time. Especially when it comes to like listening to orders or in a critical moment or whatever. Yeah. And also it just, it, again, it contrasts so much from season one. It just makes me think about how far they've come as a friendship. So I did love that. And I think this, despite the rest of the Riker scenes we get, that is a really nice one to see how much he cares about Riker. Absolutely, Ashlyn. And I want to keep talking about this Riker train if you want to go to the future again. I'm ready for the future. I have a yeah, yeah, say yes. Mm -hmm. So in the future, we have finally met up with Beverly. We have learned that she's kept her name. So she's now Beverly Picard, but that she's divorced with Picard. And, you know, Ashley and I, as kids, were just screaming <laughs> at, the, at the TV. And so then we also find out that the neutral zone is no longer the Romulan neutral zone because the Klingons have basically like taken over the Romulan Empire and are at very high tension with Starfleet right now. So we see that there is future Worf, future daddy Worf, <laughs> used to be a member of the High Council and though now he has apparently no influences and he doesn't want to help them because he's like i don't want to have you guys be unsafe all this kind of stuff but finally accepts and helps them get through to the neutral zone but i just gotta say out of everyone in this with the bad futuristic makeup Worf looks amazing i love the long gray hair oh he looks so good and his he's actually governor Worf, which is also just such a cool cool ass name yeah. So the scene before we get Worf, I was laughing so hard because we have Beverly, Data, and Jordy are all talking about who can we contact from the Klingon Empire in order to get a path through to the neutral zone. And then I think it's Jordy. He's like, well, you know, we could always contact Worf. And Picard, he goes, Worf, yes, Worf. And he is so <laughs> hyped. And I just thought that was so pure because he's yeah. like, this is this is his best day of his life. Like he's reuniting yeah. all the people. And then he realizes we could use Worf. <laughs> He's like, I my thought, bestie wolf. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so cute. And awesome. then when actually we get Worf on the screen, I thought that was an awesome scene because we've just seen that Riker has refused to help them. He's mm -hmm. not giving them a ship to take them to the neutral zone. So they're going to have to go in Beverly's ship. Mm -hmm. And then Worf hears, he's like, I can't believe Riker would refuse you after everything that happened. But yeah. and then he proceeds to also refuse. Picard. <laughs> He's like, but <laughs> yeah. but what Picard does is what he and I was literally thinking this before Worf said it. But Picard uh -huh. uses Worf's weakness, which is that he wants to be honorable. Like that's his main goal in life. And so Picard's yeah. like, I thought you were about honor. I thought you <laughs> like gave an f about me, you know. And like I thought you were loyal, but it turns out you're not. Just fighting words towards Worf, yeah. and <laughs> Worf's like, God 
damn it like why do you always do this and he says because it always works oh. and i just thought that was so awesome <laughs> i don't know i just i love yeah. seeing picard like he's been perceived as being so senile and like mm -hmm. no one's believing him but he has the wherewithal to convince Worf to be like you have to come with us you have to help he clocked Worf at a mile like he knows exactly what he's about I absolutely love that. What an amazing character deep dive too, you know, in all the times he's been as Chadich, which I'm wearing my shirt today. Picard is my Chadich. You know, like I think that they have had this long history of fighting honorably and like working honorably together on various crazy missions that could get everyone killed. So this is just another time to do it. And you know what also could have gotten them not killed, but turned into lizards was going warp 13. Um, okay, why? I cackled. I why? laughed so hard because Beverly's like, go to warp 13. And I'm like, no, no, no please just, don't say that. No, please stop saying that. Please say nine, warp 9.5 even. Like that cracked me up so much, especially because in our TAS finale, we talked about going warp 36. So like they are just out here choosing the wildest warp speeds for these finales. They're like, that's what's going to be really impressive about the future is that now they've broken the threshold. Like, no that's no <laughs> yeah the the discontinuity of warp <laughs> always makes me laugh so hard yeah warp yes. 13 no way goodbye no. girly <laughs> no, no, don't even but she does let picard say engage and like gets him that moment in the chair again and she's so very humble you know about being a captain and like giving that space for picard to also be on the bridge and sort of be a captain again for a moment but she also puts her foot down, you know, when Picard later on is kind of willing to endanger everyone to continue to stay in in this sector when there apparently is no nebula to find. And she like totally pulls him aside into the ready room is like, you did not just question me on the bridge, like exactly what Picard would have done had their positions been reversed, had this been another timeline, you know, so I just think that that is such a beautiful moment of her just calling him in or out <laughs> however you prefer to see it just being like absolutely not do not treat me like that when i am your captain you know like that dynamic shift is so fascinating to watch and i think it's so well written and well acted like it's a very good scene to sort of show beverly's position as well yes i totally agree with you i was i was also going to talk about that just again showing how loyal the crew is because after they talk to Worf and Riker in the future. Crusher, they basically sent him to bed. <laughs> like, you have to take a nap because you've been awake for this whole time. And so then Crusher, Data, and Jordy have a little conference. And she's like, do you think he's, you know, has anyone had any doubts about is this really like what he's seeing? Is, is he just hallucinating? Is it the aromatic syndrome? Crusher asks, do you really think he's moving through time? No one answers. And she says, I'm not sure I do either, but he's Jean-Luc Picard. And if he wants to go on one more mission, that's what we're going to do. And I, I just think like that is such a great sentiment. And we've seen this future that People are not getting along. I wrote in my notes, like, there's no way they have reunion parties. Every time they keep greeting each other, it's like, oh, it's been 10 years since I've seen you. Like, this this crew just simply does not keep in touch, which is just making me really sad. But it's so I, sad, yeah. But the fact that all of them universally agree, it, and Picard's not the type of person to ask for something and do this on a whim. Like, this is not his personality. And so you're like, well, fine. He's the captain. Let's go. Fine. That tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Beautifully said. 
I wish they would have reunion parties, like maybe the, talking to each other would help more. Worf and Riker have been feuding for 20 years now. So this is such a long time of just feuding. So yeah, they oh, yeah fe- they're feuding because of Deanna's death, by yeah. the way. Oh my Did we gosh. say that yet? Yeah, no, so, we have not. so Tr- Troy is dead and Riker, I guess they were, they, uh, they have this talk in 10 forward in the future. This is again, while Picard's like taking a nap, I think. Yeah. And Worf and Troy never really got together because Worf always felt like Riker was in the way and stopped mm-hmm. them from ever having a relationship. And that's something that they kind of foreshadowed to in season yeah. seven. So because of that, they stopped speaking. And then when Deanna died, Riker tried to reach out to him at the funeral, did not go well, have not really spoken since. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yikes, yikes. All bad news. Yeah, and we didn't even mention that they are now on the Enterprise because Riker is captain By the, of the way. Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that he has come in and done a it's the Enterprise moment of saving them because this third it's now what they're experiencing about this anomaly is the anti-time eruption, which works backwards in time, like opposite to the rule laws of time, which I'm like, wow, sounds like a counterclock incident. <laughs> if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> um, and I just love that we get it. That's the Enterprise moment. You know, we get the Riker moment, like you said, him actually coming through. I also want to give a giant shout out. This is one of the other amazing things we're talking about when we're talking about like references that the writers put into this episode is the reappearance of Tomalok, which is a Romulan who has showed up in both the enemy and the defector and then all good things. His hologram, I think, appeared in another episode, but this is a Romulan that is hung around. Like, it's really rare to get sort of a, besides maybe Sela or like bigger enemies like that. Jeffrey it's Combs, rare. yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. But it's it's rare to get a reoccurring kind of villain, kind of like ally guy, you know? Like, I think that he is, Tomalok is like kind of a homie, even though they have their feuds and stuff. Like, he still comes back and puts in these really interesting plot points to the episode. So I was just really amazed that they were able to get Tomalok and like reference someone who's like kind of a deep cut, you know, you kind of, I only knew his name. So I had to look it up what other episodes he was in. Cause I was like, he can't have only have been in all good things. Cause I've seen this episode like three times in my life, you know? Brianna, I have never thought about that. Thank you for shouting out to Tomalok. Wow, mm-hmm. what a guy, Always, what, a, yeah. what a true endgame <laughs> villain we have here. Not yeah, not even but, though, like, he's yeah. actually kind of a homie. Like, he's yeah. like, hey, let's just play it cool. You you can go to the Devron system, whatever. Go it knows getting out of my bag. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I really appreciate him. And also, just again, wow, applauding this, the script, because going to the neutral zone once again that yeah. is like movie level stakes we have here and yes. and some of the best episodes involve the neutral zone so what a fun setting for this outside pressure as well and it adds in every time zone it shows you okay what are the politics of the neutral zone in season one yeah. season seven 25 years in the future True. whoa a lot going on so it's just a fun way to think about the star trek universe like all these moving pieces um we have so much lore oh yeah that's so true i mean and i love that kind of stuff so this is again like completely catered for me i love this (laughs) yes exactly and and also having the crews all being meeting all meeting up in the enterprise like and coming together at the same location at, at different times it shows you that in any time the crew will stand together on the enterprise you know i really just love that that idea that still through all of the difficulties of the future 
he was still able to rally everyone to get them there. However, in the, I think, season seven timeline, we find out that the anti-time eruption is also affecting the crew. So it affects Jordy. He, like, it grows new eyes, literally. And Alyssa's baby, like, reverts back and, like, disappears, like, to, a, like, past her fetus. And so, again, what a reference to Alyssa, first of all, because she had her baby, like, recently in season seven. And so, yeah, it's just very, like, crazy to think about that they're kind of including that because then again, raising the stakes and providing like, I don't know, just like different characters as well along the way, even though it's tragic, like Alyssa, oh my God. Yeah, it just gives the feeling that it's an all hands on deck type of situation. We hear that the crew has scars that are being healed over. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that Alyssa doesn't actually lose her baby because this is a really sad side effect of being close to the anomaly. It's really brushed over. Picard says, Mm -hmm. how is she doing? And Crusher just says she's fine physically. And I thought she was going to say, but mentally, (laughs) but she she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, were those lines cut? Like that's really messed up. Mm -hmm. She's not doing well. Like she's literally crying. It's so sad anyway. So I'm happy that everything's fine with Alyssa's baby. But unfortunately, as sad as it is, it's an effective way to show the stakes of if we stay at this anomaly, all of us will begin to degrade. And around this time, we also get an appearance from Q. So you start to get the idea that this anomaly is not good and this needs to be stopped. The question is how? And when Q appears, he takes Picard back to France, but like 20 million years ago, like when humans were just forming and he no sees- No way they were first forming in France too. No fucking Oh way. yeah, no way. That's so no Eurocentric. What the well, hell? I don't, I don't know if it was humans or if it was just like life forming because I know like yeah. humans evolved in the Fertile Valley in the Middle East area, but- Yeah, um, that just cracks me up. Like in your hometown, France. I'm like, no, no. He's <laughs> like, the real. peptides are- aren't forming. (laughs) (laughs) I do weirdly remember this scene vividly from our first watch. I don't know why it stuck with me, but I was just like, this is so seemingly out of place in the episode because it is sort of the tone shift. And then he's showing, oh no, they're not forming. What happened? It was you, Jean-Luc. You did something, you know, go fix it kind of thing. Um, It is kind of this turning point. And I, I just think it's really fascinating. I was actually wondering, because I agree with you that the scene feels out of place. Do you think it could be cut and it would have no detriment yeah, to the episode? Yeah, I don't think much would be lost if it were cut. The only thing I think it adds to the episode is that we get like a visual representation of how big this problem actually is, especially at the end when they're starting to realize, oh, the anomaly is stronger the further you go back in time. And so having that like very, very early time period does give a sense of the scale of how Picard appearing in all these time periods is affecting this anomaly. I thought it was like strangely thrown in like with the pacing of the episode for sure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The other person I do want to shout out as we're shouting out Tomalock and (laughs) all of these other like side characters coming on is Jocelyn Robinson, who plays Ensign Gates and some other Ensigns, you know, I don't know if we get all their names, but she is always at the helm and she is on the helm for this episode. And I just feel like that consistency was really lovely to see her again as well. Yeah, shout out to her. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love at the end, again, I have to shout out Data. Well, you know, we're just shouting out Party here. So once again, I am reminded that he is the key to all of this because 
in every time period, they need to get something done and data can probably do it. And so it ends up just being in one, whatever time period Picard gets to first, he asks data how to solve a problem and data's like, oh, we should modify the deflector dish so it can scan the nebula in a different way than uh, like in a deeper way than we can scan it normally. And so then in the other time periods, Picard is like impressing data <laughs> because he has these solutions yes. <laughs> ahead of time. But it's it's really like this whole plot was solved by data by and data. Picard. Like they didn't yeah. need anyone else. <laughs> I mean, Picard literally says, Mr. Data, you are a very clever man in any time. Like that yeah. is just perfect and well summed up. <laughs> but I, I think it is the most heartening to see it in the future timeline because through it all, every single time Picard's sanity is questioned, Data is the one in the end to validate him and say, okay, like literally no one else ever agrees with Picard in the future timeline except Data. And I think they're all like, well, you know, we'll, we'll just follow along. If Data's willing to do the work, then <laughs> right, we'll right. continue <laughs> to support this team as long and, as it's and safe. And once Geordi gets some some math and science context, He's like, oh, yeah, that would work. This does make sense. I'm like, wow, you're believing data, but not Picard. I see, I see. <laughs> so that, but yeah, thank God he's there because they also, then get we get a three for one special of Enterprises in the nebula. They figure out that they have to turn off the beam and go into the nebula itself. The people in the far point timeline are like, are you crazy? <laughs> These poor far point timeline people, <laughs> yeah. Tasha, she's like, are you serious right now? She even got I, sort of like usurped when Picard at the beginning of the episode asked for Worf to like get on security protocols and Worf is like, what, sir? Like, And Tasha's like, have I performed badly? Like, are you changing the, you know, whatever? Like, she's like I'm, I'm security scared. chief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awkward. I do think he kind of quells the lambs for slaughter, though. He has a really nice speech where he's yeah. like, quite frankly, we may not survive, but I want you to believe that I'm doing this for a greater purpose. And that is what is at stake here more than any of you can possibly imagine. I know you have your doubts about me, about each other, about the ship. All I can say is that although we've been together for a short time, I know you are the finest crew in the fleet and I would trust each of you with my life. So I'm asking you for a leap of faith and to trust me. Oh, a classic then, card uh, speech. Immediately, Tasha's like, shields up, maximum strength. Like, she's like, okay, let's <laughs> go, fam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so true. I think that they needed to hear that. And this is insane to me because I did not recall that two ships have to sacrifice themselves, you know, like basically get destroyed in the process. And there's one ship remaining. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be the season seven ship. But no, it's actually the Farpoint ship and the season seven ship that explode and leave the future timeline ship remaining. I was shocked by that. I thought that was a cool twist because then I'm thinking, oh my God, are we going to be left with old Picard and this old timeline? Like what's going to happen, you know, but of course, we are taken back to Q. <laughs> yeah, we're taken back to Q. I think it makes sense because the anomalies are stronger in the past. So mm -hmm. it's taken out the ships one by one. It did remind me of the visual from the episode where there's like a thousand enterprises all hailing yes. each other. I think it's like Worf's <laughs> birthday episode. Yeah. Um, 20 million hails. Yeah, 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 I love that one. I So I, I did have a little throwback to just totally. all the strange, crazy anomalies that the Enterprise has encountered. <laughs> but finally, yeah, we were taken back to Q. Picard is looking very distressed. He has his head in his hands. And yeah. then Q's like, well, you passed. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> <A plus. laughs> 
He's like, what? He's like, yeah, you're here with me, right? So you survived. Yeah. Everything's fine. This was the whole thing that Q wanted him was to stretch his mind mm -hmm. and to think for a moment about a problem that was beyond what he normally thinks about, like to just yeah. to evolve as a species. Mm -hmm. He says he wanted to confirm that, quote, you were open to options you never considered ensuring that humans were still quote charting the unknown possibilities of existence like first of all excellent writing and secondly i think that that is like almost bizarrely noble for the continuum you know i think that we give a lot of shit to the continuum and a lot of of course because q is their sort of representative in like federation eyes you know and i think that it does show that like there is sort of a nobleness in this trial in this like test you know to make sure that humanity and that the Federation, you know, sort of expanded beyond that is looking beyond our sometimes narrowed view. And I think that's a really cool, a noble thing to do. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely gone around, gone about very odd, you know, but that's the continuum for you. They're always going to do weird ass trials. I do think it is strangely thoughtful of them <laughs> to right, spend yeah. so much time on humanity, but I'm sure a lot of that was forced by Q. And also, mm -hmm maybe at this point they have kind of got their shit together and they're into more like specie collaboration or something yeah maybe but, yeah maybe yeah. this is their like collaboration their blow era. up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly right I yeah so that. yeah this is this is the conclusion to the mystery that has happened and so we are brought back to present time we're back to season seven picard is doing a captain's log supplemental which i never thought would make me so emotional as it did watching it today and right. when we first watched it and then we see it flips to a poker scene where we have uh, most of the crew playing poker together Riker is currently sweeping a lot of them like i think at this point everyone is there except picard and troy so then we have this moment where we find out that picard has told everyone you know of all the events of course he has to give them all a deep brief of what happened so he briefed them on everything and including the distance that Worf and Riker had because of Troy's death and because of their mutual infatuation for Troy and therefore hatred for each other. So learning this was like probably a huge eye opener for them because then we get a moment where they make eye contact and do like a little nod, you know, and I think that that is so important. It's obviously like, okay, but still talk about your feelings, but it's the first step, you know, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, I love that. It is forcing everybody to reconsider their lives a little bit. And then shortly after Troy enters and she's like, hey guys, like let's play. And so the whole crew is there except Picard. And then he walks in a couple minutes later and that this scene will always make me tear up. I, I teared up today as I was watching it. I pretty totally. much always cry because at this point, I'm usually recovering from like, oh my gosh, none of that happened. But Carter Bev didn't kiss. Like, right. what's going on? So I'm a little angry. But this scene is so perfect that it makes me forget all my problems because Picard, as formal and uptight and personal and private that he is, has not ever hung out with them on recreation like very rarely in this whole time together and so now he's choosing to spend his time playing poker with them and reveal more of who john luke is it's so out because it's at the end of this show that you see him starting to open up a little bit more so he's changed as a character which is a beautiful end for picard 
and also it makes you it gives you a lot of hope for the future and it makes you really angry that this is the finale because you just want to keep seeing and you want to keep watching Picard's development is at least how I feel. <laughs> yes. Oh, so well said. I think that this also this ending is so perfectly set up because we hear as everyone's talking about like, oh, Picard told everyone about the future. And even I think Riker or someone or Bev is like, wouldn't that be against not polluting the timeline? You know, like, why is Picard telling us? And I think Picard told him as a lesson, sort of like, this is what happens if we're not careful, we could grow apart. And I just really think that that's such an important thing to think about, you know, as we're going forward talking about other shows and just like in general, Picard imparting that knowledge to them is essential. And then it really ties into the moment that Picard comes in and it's so cute because they're all like, sir, is something wrong? You know, they like straighten up. They're all flustered and shy kind of like when yeah. he comes to down, he's like, oh, nothing's wrong. I just like, can I join you? Essentially, he sits down with all of them. Data offers for him to, to deal, which is like so cute because it's Data's favorite thing to deal mm -hmm. and to be the dealer. So giving up that sort of like role to Picard is also some like subtle show of like respect and honor. Welcome, you can deal us in. And then Picard just takes a moment and stares at every single one of their faces. And that I think even more than just the, the playing poker itself, that's what gets me because there's this just silence. Then he just says, I should have done this a long time ago. And God, if that doesn't, you know, tear jerk you like that, that just that makes me tear up every time. And then, of course, we have Picard dealing and saying the sky is the limit, which is the final line, beautiful final line. I think that this ending wraps up so much so beautifully. And I agree, Ashlyn, it also makes me mad because I wanted to see him play poker in season five with them. I wanted to see him opening up earlier and so it's amazing that it takes seeing your future and seeing them all grow apart for him to realize what he's been missing and what putting that distance between himself and his crew has done to him emotionally and to his crew so beautiful of course that he's figuring it out now but yeah selfishly i'd like to see more of it that's what fan fiction's for right like <laughs> so here we are but yeah. yeah i i love it yeah, so I was wondering, you know, because I love this episode. Rihanna, you know, it seems like you're pretty favorable on it. And so I was curious to see what the reception was. Amongst the people I know, this is regarded as the best Trek finale. The previously highest rated broadcast of Next Generation episodes was Encounter at Farpoint. That's interesting. That was the highest rated before that. But after that, wow. it was the finale. Yeah. And in 1994, USA Today called the two-part finale a picture-perfect ending to the series and gave it three and a half out of four stars. All Good Things won the Hugo Awards for Best Dramatic Presentation in 1995 and also was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Drama Series. They did not win, but was nominated. So that's Dang, pretty, that's pretty amazing. amazing. You can just go read on the Wikipedia page, but like there's all of these really famous news outlets all saying this is become the mold for finales. Like if mm -hmm. you are trying to make a Trek finale, you will forever have to compare with all good things because it is such a way to go out of the show. I really agree with that. For me, like this, this finale was a great one. And I'm wondering for you, Rihanna, was it effective, though, is the question. <laughs> I think 100% yes. As much as I had childhood qualms about it ending, of course it's going to end, you know, and we talked about if you're a person who likes endings or enjoys finishing out a show or if you want it to be perpetually unfinished, therefore unended. But I prefer an ending, even if it's hard. And I think that 
this was just done so beautifully that absolutely it's an effective finale. I think, you know, since we asked fans in the beginning, is it the best Trek finale? I kind of just want to hold off on my answer for that, but I think that it's up there. Absolutely. And I think that it could be the best. We'll see. But as of right now, absolutely my favorite of the three we've discussed. Absolutely. <laughs> Takes well, the cake. <laughs> that much is certain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ashlyn, how about you? Do you think that this finale is effective? Yeah, I think it's effective. I think it's one of my favorite finales of any show, actually. I'm very biased. I love this episode. I also love our patrons. <laughs> it's very yes, smooth indeed. transition. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I just want to, again, welcome Spot. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. Yeah. Also, thank you so much to Ian Davies, Jordan Hirsch, Megan Chowning, MC Freudas, Spotted Giraffe, David Willett, Kurlan Noskos, Wolfwit, Anna F., John B., Gil Dara, Jeff Richardson, Never Otter Even, Anna Post, T. Alexander, Ivan Fetch, and Michelle. Hooray! Thank you so much for being a patron of this podcast. Woohoo! We love you so much. Ashlyn, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday to record and to talk about TNG. What a joy it's been to discuss this finale. And <laughs> whew, that means we're going to what <laughs> we leave behind next week. Um, once again I'm not ready for that grab your tissues I'm not ready <laughs> we actually recently discussed what you leave behind what we left behind or what we left behind <laughs> <laughs> who, know, who knows what Rihanna left yesterday <laughs> <laughs> we discussed the documentary on our patreon so it's going to be really interesting to now explore the finale itself in depth and I'm just so scared and excited <laughs> yeah that's how i feel too yeah. rihanna oh, thank yeah. you wow 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 i feel like we just got through a major hurdle and now we yes. have another emotional another mountain one. to cross <laughs> about four uh, more next week. <laughs> yeah. Four yeah. Five. um ashlyn yeah i'm so excited and thank you loxana for joining us um chilling out on the mic <laughs> thank you to janeway for joining yes. us yes she was very happy to hear about it yeah, she's yeah, <laughs> she's just chilling with Vineyard Picard, getting ready to talk about Endgame in a few weeks here. <laughs> you can't say that word to me. Okay, <laughs> we have to go before yeah. we have to talk, talk about Endgame. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, thank you so much again, Rihanna. Thank you so much, patrons. We are excited to continue to chug along on this podcast, and you should effing join us to watch <laughs> Discovery because yes. on Strange New Pods Discord, we will be hosting the watch through starting. Thursday, February 29th. 29th. Uh, we will year. be watching Brother together at 9 p.m. Eastern. Join the Discord. We say three, two, one, go. And then we just all chat about the episode. So, yeah. Uh, leap year special. This is a once in a four year lifetime opportunity. So, please come yeah. watch with us. Yeah. So, I hope to see you on Thursday. We will get through season two of disco together and then season four as well and and stay by all means for season three because strange new pod is hosting season three as they've been hosting all of season one's watch through so far so this is Legends. a very last minute plug go yes. come join us come join us Woo -woo. all right thank you ashlyn thank you listeners thank you rihanna thank you picard my chadich <laughs> but not thank you to those pataks and don't let them get you down kapla Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the fourth episode of our finale series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna discuss the Deep Space Nine episode, What We Leave Behind. What you left behind. What I, what we, what we leave behind. 
Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, and Twitter to check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating $1, $6, or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive rewards for each tier. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. In the past, we have covered podcast series like Holodeck, Engineering, and the Mirror Universe series. If you haven't heard these or the 10 others, please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Social media, marketing, and editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Ashlyn, tell us who are we swapping Vineyard Picard with? Should we tell them or should we say you have to go listen to the $1 (laughs) content? Should we gatekeep this knowledge? (laughs) Is that okay? No. Okay. Rihanna said that's too mean. (laughs) I don't think so. I mean, we could. That's a genius marketing strategy, (laughs) but that's cutthroat. It's cutthroat.